So this morning we're continuing this series on summer break, or, or breaking a bad theology. And, and, and as we're in week three of this series, um, you know, week one back at the beginning, we kind of looked at that reality that there's no such thing as a perfect church, and there's really no such thing as a perfect Christian. And, and even though in our mind we know, hey, we're not perfect, sometimes in our heart we actually think we are and maybe look down on other people or, or act like we're better than somebody else, when the reality of this life is we've all got hurts, hang-ups, and habits, and every one of us got something going on in our life that none of us are perfect. And we can't try and live like we are, because then we start looking like the Pharisees and the scribes of the Bible. And then last week we looked at our behavior. Uh, in this world today, a lot of people think, well, if I have good behavior, I'll get to heaven. I, I can earn my way to heaven by having good behavior. Or, or worse yet, if, if I got good behavior, then maybe God will love me that much more. Well, the reality is that God loved you before you even knew what good behavior was. So, so your good behavior isn't going to get you any farther. And, and this week, I, I just want to start by apologizing to our first-time guests. Um, and, and the reason I'm saying that is because this week I'm actually preaching on generosity. And now you say, oh, the one time I come to church, the pastor's talking about money. So I want to apologize up front, uh, let you know, no, we do not always talk about money. The, the congregation will tell you I generally talk once or twice a year about it. Um, and, and the other reality, you notice we didn't pass the plate. So we don't pass the plate here. We're not asking you for anything. You know, if you want to give, if you want to be generous, hey, the offering plate's in the back of this set of pews. But we don't ask for anything here. God's always going to provide. So I want to apologize up front, but realize it's not a tithing talk. I'm not going to tell you, oh, you should give this to the church. We're going to talk about the reality that we see in this world today. There's so many people in this world today that it's all about prosperity, you know, the name it, claim it gospel. And, and hey, the more I give, the more money I'm going to make. And they're living this lifestyle that, that you know, basically the wrong attitude towards generosity. They're, they're thinking that they can get more or understand that, oh, the, the more I give, the more I'm going to get. Well, it kind of brings us to today's big idea, and that's we're not to be generous in order to get something for ourselves. Don't be generous to think you're going to get something for yourself. Generosity is something that comes from the heart. And when it's not coming from the heart and it's coming from your mind and the automatic thinking, well, if I give them this, I'm going to get this back. Almost like, you know, credit cards, hey, go ahead and spend this. And even though you spent $100, you're going to pay me $123 after I get my interest and everything else. There's times that even in life we do the same thing. We give acting generous thinking we're going to get something in return. And that's never a reason for us to be generous in this life. And unfortunately, too many people live by that, or even worse, they, they kind of think, hey, the more generous I am, you know, I, I can manipulate God and, you know, just like I manipulate people and, and get more from him. Well, the reality is God cannot be manipulated. 
We cannot manipulate God. God cannot be manipulated. And therefore, I think when we give, we give because we're generous people. We don't give to gain prosperity. And when you look at this, and unfortunately, there's actually people out there who will teach the total opposite. I figure if we're going to look at what it's called and what we should do or the lifestyle that we should live, we, we need to really look at what God's Word says, not what the world says, not what society may think, but we need to look and say, okay, well, what does Jesus tell us we should do or how should we actually live and be generous and, and live the life that God calls us to live? And I think in order to do that, if you got a Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. Um, but as always, it will be up here on the screen. But we're going to be in Luke 9, verses 23 through 26. And this is Jesus speaking during this time. So let's dig in. It says, Then he said to them all, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. For what does it benefit someone if he gains the world, the whole world, and let you and yet loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and that of the Father and the holy angels. The first thing you see, Jesus. Jesus is telling us um, in what we need to do in order to follow him. Now, just give you some background on this text. Just prior to this, Jesus fed the 5,000. He fed the 5,000 with a couple loaves of bread and some fish. And Luke's gospel tells us that everyone ate and everyone was full and then they gathered more food than they actually started with. And then just prior to this, Jesus asked the question of his disciples, who do they say I am? Asking who the people, who, who all of these people coming around say that Jesus is. But then the most important question he asked his disciples, who do you say I am? And, and, and we get Peter's great you are God's Messiah. So, so Jesus goes on from now they know they're, they're, he is the Messiah. They see him as the Messiah. They see him as, as the one who is going to save Israel as the redeemer they've been waiting for. And they see all this. Jesus talks about his death. And then he goes into, if you want to follow me. So to me, the reality of this is if we're going to actually follow Jesus, we need to do what he calls us to do. We need to be obedient to what he calls us to do. And he says, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. Deny yourself. Man, that's kind of countercultural, isn't it? The world, it's all about you, right? It's all about me, it's all about myself, it's all about I, and, and it's me, me, me. And, and Jesus is telling us we need to deny that person. We need to deny ourselves. And, 
And, and as I thought about this, and I thought about, well, if, if we're going to deny ourselves and we're supposed to be more like Jesus, as we deny ourselves, there's some things we need to give up. And I think it's interesting being Independence Day weekend that some of the things that we need to deny. You know, as we go through this, the realization of, of as you look at the life of Jesus and look at our own lives, Jesus got opposition from his own loved ones. His own loved ones argued with him. He went into his own town, and they would not listen to what he had to say. He received criticism from the world. And, and just real quick, how many of you are ready to receive criticism from the world? The reality is none of us really want it, right? We will say, hey, we'll raise our Oh, that's a good church answer. Let me raise my hand. Yeah, I want, I want the world to criticize me. But then when you go outside, what happens when the world criticizes you? We tend to fall into what they're doing. So instead of denying ourselves, instead of following Jesus and picking up our cross daily, we end up doing exactly what the world calls us to do. And we fall right back into it. Living a life that Jesus lived to, as we deny ourselves, be completely obedient to what God calls us to do. Not what you want to do, but what he calls you to do. Actually go into the world and declare an unpopular message. When you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's unpopular in the world today. You know, the world has the agenda. This is the way they're going, and they want everyone to follow along with that agenda. But as Christ followers, as we deny ourselves and we deny what the world's calling us to do, we're going to be different, which means we're going to receive criticism. We're going to have an unpopular message when we go out into the world today. But this is exactly what it means to deny yourself. Deny yourself, be obedient to what God calls you to do, be ready to suffer for righteousness' sake, because if you're following God's word and doing what it calls you to do, you're going to suffer in this world. Ironically, my whole time of reading the Bible, going through the Bible, I have never once, and if I've missed it, someone please point it out to me, I have never once seen a verse that says, when you accept Jesus, life is easy. Has anyone else seen it? I've never seen a, a piece of scripture that says, when you accept Jesus, you get Barbie's dream house. I don't want Barbie's dream house, but still, you know what I mean? It, it's, not, it's, it's not there. It's not about you accept Jesus and all these great things are going to happen to you. Jesus says to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. So, so I don't see anything about prosperity in there. I don't see any of this gospel that we hear others preaching. What I see is it requires us to be different. It requires us to live a different life. The same thing on Independence Day where, where it's about that independence, it's about that freedom, it's about being able to move on and being unified. Well, we need to do the same thing in our own life. If we're going to pick up our cross, we're going to follow him, guess what? We all need to be uni unified and go in the right direction, right? And in the same direction, hopefully, but that's where that bad theology and that misconception in and outside of Christianity come in. Because there's so many preaching on prosperity that people, well, I'm not rich. Oh, this ain't working for me. Man, Christianity is wrong. I'm going the other way. Because the reality is there's nothing easy about being a Christian. 
There's nothing easy about living his life each and every day, denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following him. If anyone wants to follow after me, guess what? Everyone in here isn't anyone. Anyone who wants to follow me. So anyone, if we're going to follow Jesus, this is what we're called to do. And there's nothing easy about it. It goes on and says, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. See, here's the reality. Natural tendency is, is, is we want to save ourselves. And, and when you start looking at saving yourself, it's, it's the selfishness that comes up inside of you. You get right back into that me, myself, and I mentality because you're worried about who? Number one. I'm worried about number one. I'm worried about me. I'm not worried about the next guy. And guess what? That's exactly what the world calls us to do. The world calls us to do that, but yet Jesus says, if you lose yourself, you can save yourself. If you, if you lose it, you save it. It kind of, well, this really don't make a lot of sense. The reality is, when we think about losing ourselves or we think about trying to better off save ourselves, we start to indulge in, in luxuries and, and hey, I want to save myself, so I want to be happy. What makes me happy? And then some of the things that make us happy aren't good things. I mean, sin, if you look at sin, sin is very appealing. It's appealing, it looks good, and guess what? In most cases, sin feels good for a little while. It, 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 some for you, that's your happy place. But at the same time, where does sin end up once you get inside of it? All of a sudden, that happiness kind of goes away. You know, it's kind of like someone who, who's got an addiction. You know, if, if your addiction is, say, it's alcohol, you know, you're, you're drinking a depressant to make yourself feel good, which really makes no sense. But as someone who used to be a drinker, hey, it's, I need a drink. I need a beer. Oh, I, this beer ain't good enough. I need me some Jack. Okay, now I need some Jim Beam and some Mountain Dew. Yeah, think about that for a second, a downer and an upper Mountain Dew, Jim. But anyways, <laughs> I regress. But, but we get so caught up on this self-indulging in ourselves that, that we worry about what, what, where our next fix is coming from. It, instead of taking that time and, and realizing that, hey, it, it's really not about me, and, and I need to stop doing this, and, and if I really I stop this sin, I can live a better life. If I stop this addiction, if I stop whatever this is that's making me who I am that I shouldn't be, I need to get away from it. I, I need to lose that part of it. I need to lose myself in order to save myself. And I think so many times we forget about that, that losing of ourselves and, and understand that we're going to trade what we think are these beautiful things here on earth for eternal life. And the realization of these beautiful things here on earth, they decay. They get old. They lose their shininess. You think about it, oh, it's bright and shiny for a week or two. You buy a brand new car, it's like, oh my God, I love this new car smell that lasted like a week. 
And then you parked in a public parking lot. And then your doors get dinged. It fades. But we will worry so much about these things here on earth instead of worrying about the eternal things. Making, and it's simply changing our focus and realizing that what is here doesn't matter. It's eternal what matters to us. We need to actually have this true purpose and find the true purpose in our life that God's calling us to do. In other words, we, we may have to lose the life that we were living for the sake of accepting the life that our Savior has for us. And to me, changing my life from what it used to be to the life that Jesus wants it to be means so much more. It's such a better life. It's a better lifestyle. Now, granted, back there was fun. I had a lot of good times back in the day. But the reality is I have more good times now. And the other thing is I remember them now. Because back in the day you may not have remembered what you were going through. You may not have remembered anything that was going on. So it's about choosing this joy, cho choosing this carefree lifestyle, this independence, and, and looking towards this inward satisfaction that denies and defies description of the world. The world will not understand what you're doing or why you're doing it, but the joy we have inside of us is so much greater than the world. As we go through, and you know, like I said, it's about generosity. As we look into this, you know, he, he talks about what is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? In today's society, we all know he who has the most toys wins, right? You got to get stuff. I got to keep up with the Joneses. I got, oh, my next door neighbor got a new Lexus. I need to get something better. And, and unfortunately, we go through this in our life. And, and I think sometimes it's bred into us as kids. And, and unfortunately, I, I'm guilty of the same thing, you know, because when Christmas was coming up with the kids, it'd be like, well, Ain't got no room for new toys because you got all these old ones. So then you get them to give away their old toys so that they could get new toys. And then unfortunately that keeps going into life because now it's, oh, if I want something, I got to get rid of something. So, so instead of, you know, hey, I'm going to give this away so that I can get something more. So the generosity is more for my own purpose. And unfortunately, we've instilled this in kids over time. Well, you got to give a little to get a little. You know, the whole quid pro quo thing. Give some to get some. And, and we get so caught up in, in that same reality. But yet Jesus tells us that we should pick up our cross. That we should follow him. That we need to lose ourselves to save our lives. That what is it to save the whole world if you lose your soul? There's many people in today's world losing their soul because they're going at it the wrong way. Yeah, generosity should be where we pass it through. The realization of what happens is we get stuff and, and, and then we hold on to it because we got this greed inside of us that we, <clears throat> we want to hold on to, to what God's given us where all he's asking us to do is 
let it flow through our hands. Because the reality is you can't get anything in your hands if they're like this. And many of us are sitting like this with our money, with our possessions, with everything in our life because we're holding on so tightly that we're not allowing God to use us the way he wants to use us. You know, people will sit there and they'll preach it. Oh, be generous and get more for yourself. Be gen- you want to get more? Be generous. Let it flow through your hands. Let it flow through you, come to you, and give it back to somebody else. Because here's the reality. When you're doing that, your heart's going to be in the right place. You're going to be doing what's right, and God will then use you to do more. It's not about, I'm going to be generous to get more. My getting more is to be more generous. Hey, the more I can give, the more I'm going to give. And the more I get, the more I'm going to give. So it, it just continues to flow through. The minute we start closing our hands, we're closing that funnel. We're closing that ability to be used by God, to be generous, to help those who are in need. In Proverbs, it says this. In Proverbs 29, 7, it says, The righteous person knows the rights of the poor, but the wicked one does not understand these concerns. So the reality as a Christ follower, as someone who we're called to help those in need. We're called to be generous and give to those who are in need. We run a closed closet to give to those people who are in need. We provide lunch bags for those who are in need. We do a monthly food distribution for those who are in need. It's about passing it through and giving it and get to the people who are in need of it. That's what God's word calls us to do. At no point during in God's word does it say, collect it all and store it. There's no reason. He, God even talked about, here you're going to go ahead and build bigger houses to store all this wheat. Well, guess what? Tomorrow you're going to die. So what difference does it make? But we will actually do all of this gaining and collecting and, and building this this whole empire in our own lives. And the reality is, inside each one of us, there's a throne. Each one of us have a throne inside of us. The question is, who's sitting on that throne? See, for some of us, we allow God to sit on that throne inside our hearts. For others, it's our throne. It's our kingdom. It's our domain. It's all ours as far as the eyes can see. And we live this lifestyle instead of saying, you know what? That person needs a hand. I need to be generous to this person. I need to move forward to this. Instead, we want to gain the whole world, and we're going to lose our soul just by doing it. Now, don't get me wrong. Having good things is not a bad thing. Okay, don't don't even, oh, the pastor, one of them, he's going to make me sell everything. No. I'm not going to tell you to sell a thing. I'm not going to tell you you got to give, give it all away to the poor. The reality is, be used by God. Be obedient to what he calls you to do. Yeah. We, we've all had those experiences when we pull up on 95 and, and that person stand there with a sign. We've had them moments where we roll our eyes and we roll up our windows. 
and we act like we're looking at something on our phone and like we don't see them, even though they're right in our window. We act like we don't see them. And then there's other times you pull up and God kind of lays it on your heart. Hey, you need to stop. You need to have that conversation. And, and the reality is, even at times like that, what do we do? We kind of argue with God. I ain't got time. Oh, I'm busy. I ain't got no cash on me. There's generally a bank someplace. You can go buy food. You can go through a drive-thru, get them something. But we'll, we'll go through all these other things and give the excuse for not being generous. And when we're not being generous, are we actually doing what Jesus calls us to do? Jesus had no place to lay his head. Jesus didn't have a Barbie dream house. He didn't have the latest model whatever car. Of course, they didn't have them then. Had the Fred Flintstone mobile or whatever it may have been. He didn't have a chariot to ride around on. He walked around every place that he went, dust on his feet, but he was generous. He gave to help those in need. Are we doing the same thing? See, the reality is even in churches, we do the same thing inside churches. We store things up inside churches. You ever notice that? You ever go through some rooms in churches and, and you look at all the stuff that's in there and you're like, what is this? And it's from like 1970. Well, we may use it again someday. I doubt it. We don't have 8-tracks anymore. What are we doing with all these 8-tracks? We don't have cassette players. Why do we have all these cassettes? And you think about it, you do it in your own house, right? Well, this has a memory. I've got to hold on to this. Actually, it's pretty funny because i got people looking at each other right now. So, hey, I'm still guilty. By the way, I still have not cleaned my garage, just so you all know. But, <laughs> but, but, but we store up all of these things like we're storing up treasures in heaven, but we're storing them to collect dust. And we get stuck doing the same thing. And we get stuck worrying about the wrong thing. I mean, you, you look at this entire week, Monday through Friday, every single day I was out in the parking lot. Because we had stuff we've got to get done. Nothing unbiblical about it. But hey, it was a nuisance out there. I, I wish I would have sent Micah the pictures, all the pictures I took as I was cleaning out there this week. The amount of leaves, the amount of trash, the amount of dirt that just over years had accumulated along fence lines and everything else. Now, I'm not done. So, by the way, if you still want to come out, Monday I'll be over on this side of the parking lot. Y'all can come join me. You're busy that day. It's amazing how everyone was busy during the week when I was out there working in the hot sun, you know, from like 9 to 3 in the afternoon. But that's Okay. If you didn't go to that side of the parking lot, make sure you go to that side of the parking lot because it looks good. Come next week, this side will look good. And then next week, we'll redo the grass and the swale, and it'll look that much better. And I look at it like this. It's a blessing where most people be like, oh, I can't believe they did that. No, the reality is that's a blessing because we as Christians are called to fall under the authority. 
So we need to listen to authority. We need to do what we're called to do, pick up our cross, follow him, be obedient to his word, not do anything that's outside of his word, and guess what? Doing lawn work is not outside of God's word. And I used to love doing yard work, not no more. Five acres of property is a whole lot bigger than my little plot of land in Leisureville. Okay? But the satisfaction of knowing when you look at the what you've done that day and you can look back and go, man. And here's the reality. The better the property looks, guess what? The more people are going to come in the house. Amen? Amen. That's well. Hey, what's going Hey, someone lives there. Man, something must be happening at that building. Let's go check it out. So it's a blessing. Guess what? It takes some sweat. It takes some hard work. But so does generosity. So does doing what God calls us to do each day. It takes some hard work. Sometimes it takes blood, sweat, and tears. Sometimes it takes getting bit. Sometimes it takes having to deal with them pencil cactus that don't get the sap on you because you will well up. Been there, done that more than once this week. But it takes hard work. It takes hard work to realize that we need to give up the monetary things, give up what we think is important here in this earth. Deuteronomy 16, 15 says this, The Lord your God will bless you in all you produce and in all the work of your hands so that you will be altogether joyful. Notice the rejoicing is because of the abundant provision from the hand of God. It comes from the hand of God. It doesn't come from us. It comes from the skill. And unfortunately, many of us are taking the skills that God gave us and we're going out there in the world and we're giving it to the world and then actually believing that the world cares for you. That they appreciate what you do because they gave you a paycheck. And then you take that paycheck and what do you do? You go buy more things that you really don't need but yet your next-door neighbor may be hurting. You may have a family member who's in need. And, and instead of hoarding everything and doing, take time to be generous, not to get something back. Take time to be generous to help somebody else out. Let the work of your hands, the skills that God gave you, let him use that to provide you with something to provide somebody else. And be generous with your lifestyle. See, unfortunately, religion has, has turned from personal grace into love Jesus and get rich. How many people in here have been a Christ follower for over 50 years? Raise your hand. See, we got some there. How many of y'all are rich by the world standards? I guess you got to work on your faith. Your faith isn't strong enough. Because unfortunately, that's what you're here, right? Oh, well, you need to pray some more. Oh, you need to name it and you need to claim it and God's going to provide it for you. Ain't going to happen that way. Guess what? Anyone who's been a Christian for a long time, and you're going to be a Christian for a short time, if you've actually lived a generous life where you've helped other people, I guarantee you got more joy in your life right now than someone who's a millionaire. And I can tell you from personal experience, 
from someone making a lot of money to someone making no money, I was a lot happier making no money. I was a lot happier making a little bit just to, hey, you know what? All of my needs are met. And I was good. I was, I was probably the happiest I've ever been. Because here's the problem. When I was making all this money up here, man, I was spending it on some foolish stuff. Now, there were some people who were happy. Hey, when we going out, are we all going out after church service? Because guess who was paying? You know? Hey, especially during youth night. All of a sudden, finish up youth night, and you take all the, all the leaders who go out, and then all of a sudden, you'd like pay for everyone's meal, and there'd be like 20 people. And then all of a sudden, are we going out again next week? No. Guess what? You ain't never going out again. <laughs> I'm not taking you out anymore because it became this expected thing. You know, and, and that's the other side of it. When people, all of a sudden, you become generous, they think you're just always going to give. You know, there's a time and a place for it. Give where it needs to go. Let God and the Holy Spirit guide you in where you need to be. I guess Andrew Carnegie actually said this. A man who dies rich dies disgraced. A man who dies rich dies disgraced. And with that same thing, Andrew Carnegie actually gave away 90% of his personal fortune. 90% of his personal fortune which was almost $14 billion. Think about that. He gave away $14 billion because he felt to die rich was a disgrace because he wasn't able to give back and help those in need. And many of us are hoarding our $20. We're hoarding our $50. Well, it's going to be something someday. Give back. Do what God's called us to do. Pick up your cross and follow him. There's no reason in, in losing your soul for the whole world. You think about the whole losing your soul. Think about this. If you stockpiled all the gold you could get your hands on, all the silver, you got all the stocks and bonds, you you ain't buying nothing new, you get a paycheck and everything, you're just hoarding all this stuff in, in your house, and, and then all of a sudden you're like, man, I finally made it. Then you have a heart attack. What good did it do? How long were you happy? It does no good to gain the world and lose your soul. Make sure your soul, make sure you're right with Jesus. Make sure you have that right relationship. Make sure you're living the life that he called you to live. He ended this with, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and that of the Father and the holy angels. I think it's interesting here that after Jesus, he's, he's fed 5,000. He's asked them who the crowd thinks he is, who they think he is. He talked about his death and his resurrection. He told them about following me. He leads it with this warning about being ashamed. Because here's the reality. His disciples were with him. They were walking with him through this whole path, and he was still worried about them being ashamed once he was gone. Being ashamed because all of a sudden the world is telling you it should be different. 
You should be doing this, not what this says. We should do this. We should buy this. We should whatever it may be, and we get caught up in it. And then all of a sudden, someone will be like, oh, you're a Christian? On Sundays, I go to church. I read my Bible sometime. So you're ashamed of Jesus. Listen to the reality. Listen to the reality of what he says. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words. Are you ever ashamed to talk to someone about what's in here? We should never be ashamed to talk about his word. We should never be ashamed to stand boldly and say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Guess what? That is picking up your cross daily. That is following him. That is doing what his word calls us to do. Taking care of the poor, taking care of the widows, taking care of the orphans being generous with what he has provided us to give to someone else, not being generous with what he's given us to try and get richer. Don't be ashamed of him. Do not be ashamed of his word because I hate to hear, and I've said it before, the scariest scripture of all is, depart from me, I do not know you. Depart from me. I do not know you. But Lord, we've done all this in your name. Depart from me. I do not know you. The day of the rapture, there's still going to be preachers in the pulpit, and there's still going to be people in the pews. Because of the very fact that you've said, oh yes, I'm a Christian. For an hour and 15 minutes a week. Every Sunday when I go to church. Never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Never be ashamed of what he calls you to do. Never be ashamed to be different. We're called to be different. We're called to be different than this world. We're called to be generous. We're called to take care of the unfortunate. We're called to be different. Be different this week. Be different. And if you've caught yourself with them closed hands of greed, start to open them up. Let God use you in a mighty way to help someone less fortunate. Let God use you. He can't be manipulated. Many of us try and manipulate him. Not going to happen. Let him use you in a mighty way this week. Let, let him be the catalyst to the life that you live. And be his salt. Be his leaven. Be his light in the world this week. Amen? Because that's what we're called to do. And, and I want to let you know, if you're sitting here today and, and you know, like I said, for the first timers here, I'm sorry. You know, I had to listen to money talk your first time here. But it really wasn't about money. It was more about being generous, which is something all of us should do anyways. And you don't need to be rich to be generous.
You can be generous with your time, your talents, whatever it is. It's not always about money. Some people just want your time. Some people just want that time to be able to have that conversation. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your skill set to help somebody else out. Be generous not to gain something. Be generous because that's who Jesus calls you to be. Amen? And it all starts, you may be saying, okay, Pastor, well, well, that's good, but you know, I, I'm, I'm one of these outside people, and, and that sounds all good, but I don't know this about this whole picking up my cross and, and following him, and, and I got a messed up, jacked up life. Pastor, you don't know, I'm, I'm still kind of hungover from last night, or, or maybe you still got, you know, I, I took a hit right before I came here. I knew I had to go to church, so I, I had to find a way to be comfortable. Or maybe on your way to church today, you were telling people around you who were in traffic that they were number one. And you know, I'm not talking about this finger either. Maybe you had a fight before you came to church. Whatever it is. Don't leave here without having that right relationship. And if you're here saying, well, Pastor, I'm too messed up, that's okay. I want to let you know that God says that we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. So you're sitting amongst a group of sinners. The person next to you is a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. But yet God loved you enough that he set his son, sent his son to die on a cross for you. And God's word says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you see, that's where it starts. It starts by accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It starts in believing that God raised him from the dead through his resurrection. Then he starts to change. And then you start to change. The reality is, if you accept Jesus today and you leave here, the world is exactly the same. The people that you were hanging out with are going to be the same. The Everything, your job's going to be the same. Everything about it's going to be the same, except for you. And then you're going to start to realize that the world's kind of messed up. And maybe some of your friends are messed up. And maybe some of your family are messed up. And you start to, as, as God starts working on you and starts removing that sin out of your life and, and turning you to be what he's called you to be, all of a sudden you start realizing that life is different than you thought it was. And you start taking time to read his word and you start changing the way you talk, the way that you act, and you start doing things that don't make sense. And then guess what? All of a sudden someone says, man, what's different? I accepted Jesus. And Jesus is changing my life. And you're able to tell them, hey, you remember what I used to be over here. You, you remember me here. And then this, this day I, I went to church and I accepted Jesus. And man, look what he's done in my life. I'm not that person anymore. 
And as you give your testimony, it's going to open up those doors for others. But I want to let you know there's nothing easy about it. There's nothing easy about living a life for Jesus. Because it calls you to be different. And maybe you're in here saying, well, Pastor, yeah, I've been that greed person. I've been holding on tight. Well, my prayer is that today you've loosened the grip. And that each day you'll loosen that grip a little bit more to open it up and allow God just to use you in a mighty way. To be able to bless others the same way that God blessed you. Amen? So after this final song, if you, you've never accepted Jesus, say hey, you can come up front. I'll have prayer partners up here. You can come up front. They'll talk with you and they'll pray with you and for you. Or maybe you just need some prayer. Man, pastor, my life is messed up. I'm living totally wrong, and, and I need some prayer. They will pray with you and for you. But don't leave here today without being right, having the right attitude, having the right focus in your life to live by the freedoms that we have. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for, for your word. And Lord, the realization that so many times in this life, you know, we, we get stuck by what the world wants and we get sucked right into what the world's calling us to do and calling us to be. But Lord, you call us to be different. Lord, maybe we be generous with what you provide for us and Lord, not be generous to, to get more for us, but to be generous so that you provide more for us to provide to somebody else. See, generosity is that flowing through us, not to us, Lord. So, Lord, I ask that you allow us to, to, to flow your generosity through us to those in need, that we will continue to, to be a people focused on you. Lord, that we will pick up our cross and follow you daily, knowing that you are the Messiah. You are our Redeemer. You are our life. And may we focus our life on you. So Lord, if there's anyone here who does not know you, Lord, I ask that they make that move today because your word says today is the day of salvation. That they will come forward, Lord, and take that time to, to pray and invite you to be the Lord of their life. And, and Lord, if there's someone here who's plain Christian, that you have the Spirit convict them and, and that they will change their life and that they will begin to pick up their cross daily in following you, not just when it's convenient. And Lord, we love you, we honor you, we seek to praise and glorify you in all that we do. As we make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, 
definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com. And on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.